All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome inside the 360 Sports Show. I am Andrew Pazzelli. He is Christian Lauber, and we are coming to you live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can reach us anytime in the comment sections of any of those live streams, or you can always email us at the360sportshow at gmail.com. Lots to get into. Christian, I say we start first with two things uh, that we <laughs> gross negligence uh, oversight, uh, but... Granted, we were rather flustered at the end of the show last week uh, because of power outages and lightning storms. So us rushing to the finish line last week made us uh, forget to discuss these two items. Uh, And we'll start first with what is obviously a tremendous loss, the passing of Bill Russell, an absolute legend, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest winners of all time in competitive sports, uh, champion. The, the the list of adjectives and superlatives could go on and on and on for Bill Russell. Um, and, uh, and add on top of that, one of the greatest laughs of all time. Uh, he will be missed. His presence will be missed in the NBA. You, you can't even... We could not in this show tonight discuss enough about what he meant to the NBA, to its current players still, with what he did breaking barriers and... All the stuff he had to go through. Just an incredible person, human. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all inevitable, but another tough loss for uh, for the world of sports and especially for those who had were lucky enough to see him play, uh, one of the greatest athletes in Boston in sports history. Yeah, considering the time that he played in as well. So uh, not only on the court but off of it. So, yeah, just uh, an incredible person, like you said. Uh, one of the all-time greats. The NBA is doing the right thing by retiring his number, number six, uh, with the exception of players that are wearing it now, which is what it is. But uh, retiring that number is, uh, I think, the right move because I think he's he's just kind of one of the iron standards and the gold standards in the game uh, of all time, really. I mean, it's even in all of sport, really, when you think about it. Uh, he's up there on the route, R- Mount Rushmore in terms of all sports, not just basketball. So... Uh, he's definitely up there for me, and uh, yeah, incredible laugh, like you said. Uh, if you want, you want some some uh, some laughs, just YouTube Bill Russell moments with Kevin Garnett and and just Charles Barkley. He he, it, the list goes on and on. But uh, yeah, just a terrific uh, terrific all timer. Yeah, I mean, and so many of those guys from that era get forgotten. You know, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain not as much, but I mean, the Oscar Robertsons, the Elgin Baylors. I mean, Bill Russell was not an offensive guy. Defense was his hallmark. And unfortunately, we don't keep stats, a lot of stats from back then, but it's reported that he blocked 50-something shots in a game. Now, I know you've, you've brought up in the past, <laughs> great segment, yeah, but look who he's going against, plumbers and farmers, and I don't care, 50 blocks in a game, it does he, not matter. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. That was, uh, someone said, J.J. Reddick said that. Yeah, but we, but we. Oh, come on! You, do you, you really gonna force me to pull tape on you right now, Christian? Because I, well, I, I said, I've said the championships. Sure, like the amount of championships might be like a little bit over the top because of the the era and what teams they were playing against. It's not like it is today with the star-studded talent. But uh, I mean, that doesn't take away from him being an all-time great. Okay, just okay, just just checking there. Um, it's it's kind of I mean what do you think now I mean this is he's one of those guys one of those last few remaining guys who played during that era I mean more and more, we lose more and more of these guys um, you know every every year um, 
what's going to happen to that era of the game? Like how, as we go further, how, like kind of what you just alluded to, like you kind of devalue the championships. I don't think we're ever going to see somebody win 11 championships. I mean, and then to be a champion the way he was in high school and in college and then in the pros, I don't think we'll ever see anybody win that much at a professional yeah. level ever, right? Again? No, I mean, it, devaluing is probably the wrong word because I think for the time, it's still incredible. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, like, if 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 you put those guys in today's game, I don't think they're winning as much, but he's still probably winning five. You know what I mean? So, um, back then, it was a little bit less com- competitive as it is now. Granted, there's a lot of, like, super teams and all that stuff now. Um, but... I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you can compare guys. I think Bill Russell is still like if you put Tom Brady versus Bill Russell in terms of all time sports, I think a lot of people will side with Tom Brady because he did it for 20 years over different periods of time there and different game. But um, Michael Jordan, same thing. Right. So people are going to put LeBron James ahead of Michael Jordan and everybody's going to, you know, have their own opinion on this. Um, But when you look at it, I just think those guys still for the time what they did especially a guy like bill russell i mean to win that much is just ridiculous no matter what era you play in and then being the first being named head coach <laughs> by red Auerbach for his final year and winning one in la like that that's yeah. also uh, a crazy accomplishment too here's the one thing i will i always kind of think about though like people say like oh bill russell kevin McHale, these guys larry bird he couldn't play nowadays I don't know. You give like, oh, you yeah, give no, you give Bill yeah. Russell today's like training, you know, both like in, in in sports medicine breakthroughs. I think that guy would be every bit as dominant. How dominant do you think Wilt would be if he was like born in 1990? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, my my only point is like, I think if you put those Celtics teams with Russell on them nowadays, they probably don't win 10, 12 times, but they win. What what do you want to say six to eight times? Like they could go back and back and forth between whatever the the greatest team in this era, one of the the Tim Duncan Spurs teams or the Warriors or some team like that. But for what they did in their era, still incredible. And and for guys like nowadays to say, oh, those guys couldn't play nowadays. I I don't agree with that. I think they might not win as many titles as they did back in the day because the competition was a steep. But they still had to go through something uh, back then, especially like the Lakers-Celtics battles. Those are all-timers. Uh, so so saying that a, like Larry Bird couldn't play in today's game, I just disagree with. Or Bill Russell couldn't play in today's game. Is, he wouldn't be as good. I just disagree with that. Yeah. Because, like, all right, sure, you take a guy who's, like, doesn't have a jump shot and can't do this and that. They're, like, a strict big man. And you take him out of the 60s and drop him in the 2010s. Yeah, they're going to look out of place. But and and you can't do that. You can't compare people that way. I also think if you want to take like a twenty two thousand eras player into the nineteen sixties, they're they're not going to get the foul calls. They might <laughs> yeah. get punched in the face, and they're not going to like it. So I I don't know. It goes both ways. Ex- exactly. So like that that that's where I kind of look at it. Like you have to. There has to be a give and take there. Yeah, you couldn't take them as they were and just plop drop them like they were in a time machine in today's day and age. But if that person with their abilities then was given today's advantages in terms of like training since they were like five years old, younger, and sports medicine and all this other sort of stuff, I'm pretty sure they would be highly successful 
as well. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we also had another big loss in the sports world. Um, Vin Scully, who was 3,297 years old. No. Uh, the longtime broadcaster for the Dodgers um, in the sports broadcasting world, an absolute legend, uh, and did it till the end. I mean, basically. Born in the Bronx, too. Born in the Bronx, too. Um, and just kind of from that, he was old school, but never, like, not cool. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was never, like, oh, God, this guy's still going. Like, when do they get, like, everyone loves Vince Scully. And what I've always loved about Vince Scully is that I think anything could be happening during a game, and he stays, like, on point. Like, an alien ship could be landing in the outfield, and he'd be right. like, 2-2 pitch outside. It would seem a craft of some sort is descending in the outfield. There are flashing lights and a beam now descending on center field. 3-2 pitch in there for a strike. Like, he would just keep, he would probably just keep going. And he then go back, a, go back to describing the alien invasion and then catch the next pitch. Like, he, has, he has a similar uh, broadcast style that uh, Summerall had. Yes. You know, with, with John Madden. And that, like, slow style, but it still keeps you engaged, which is good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I what's incredible, too, is about is his longevity in that industry. I, mean, I know it's yeah. baseball, but this it's... This is baseball. It is still hard to follow a game um, <laughs> as you get on in years and things like your sight and your hearing deteriorate. Uh, 67 years. <laughs> it's insane. 67 years. That's like three of my lifetimes. I mean, it's like, uh, 67 times however many games are. I mean, that's just, it's just ridiculous. He's, he's got to be broadcast. I don't even know what the number is. It's got to be like 7,000 games. Ridiculous. Oh, gosh. Probably. Here. Should we, should we guess math or should we just do the math? I can do, I can do the math. We have, we have machines to do the math now. Uh, 67 years times, let's just call it, I mean, a buck sixty-two, and let's just add in what another hundred playoff games to be yeah. like generously like low. It's probably way more than that. You're talking eleven thousand games. Yeah, I mean it's just stupid. <laughs> that was really and, bad math on my part. But and that's and that's just regular season, not to mention yeah yeah preseason or any sort of other broadcast things that he's done or been in his career. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of baseball. Multiply this by nine. <laughs> You're talking about a hundred thousand innings. Yes, <laughs> baseball. So stupid. Un- baseball, which it was a great sport, you know, during his uh, most of his career, I'd say. Well, that's the thing too. What we've lost too For is forty-seven years. It was phenomenal, and then the last twenty <laughs> was not great. That's so stupid. Between between Bill years. Russell and Vince Scully, you've just lost such a great piece of the history of the game i mean yeah. all the basketball knowledge that say bill russell has had same with vince scully the things they'd seen and could impart upon others uh somebody who lived it in the trenches and then became a coach and then a broadcaster and did all sorts of other stuff and bill russell broke barriers and then vince scully somebody who's just an orator and a storyteller for the sport for basically his entire life i just i incredible I'm, stuff I, i'm stuck on the 67 years of broadcasting baseball, I just don't. I I don't know how you he how he does. Christian, that. would you even want to? I mean, I don't want to get you fired here, but would you want to do your job for sixty seven years? 
Plead the fifth. <laughs> Could you do anything for 67 years other than draw breath? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I mean, even even if I was sports broadcasting, which I would love to do, right? I don't know. If 67 years is a long freaking time. Well, I mean, what's incredible, too, is I, I read it somewhere on the shelf over here is Al Michaels' biography. And he talked about, like, growing up, like, the Dodgers were his team. He wanted to be the Dodgers broadcaster because he grew up in New York. Then he went out to L.A., and then he was doing stuff for their minor league team, which was ended up being out in Hawaii. And he was hoping to, like, hey, someday, like, Scully's going to leave or Scully's going to get a better – he's going to go national or something like that. I'll get that job. He eventually gave up. Like, in the 90s, he oh, yeah. gave up. And, and then it was, like, another 30-something years. <laughs> I mean, just just for reference, like Mike Gorman's been with the Celtics for forty-one, right? That's a long time. He's been twenty-six more years in broadcasting. It is just ridiculous. Yeah, um, he saw he 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 saw eighteen no hitters, and I think it was three perfect games in 67, 67 years of broadcasting. Crazy. Talk about records that'll never be broken. Nobody's going to do that again. I, I, who who I imagine? Who, who, will baseball be around in 67 years? I don't know that. <laughs> I probably won't be here to see it. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, episode 10,703 of the 360 Sports Show. It might, it might just be a field full of aliens. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, it will be the field full of aliens. Real baseball. <laughs> will it, yeah, the true like world championship. Yes, our world versus some other world. Yeah, MLB uh, versus ET. Yeah. Uh, Goodness. So, yeah, wanted to start. Uh, with those two things, which we we did not have a chance to talk about, you know, it's old news uh, by now. You know, over like two weeks old. Uh, but miss talking still about news. It is still news. Uh, miss talking about both of those last week. So I wanted. We'll to talk see about more of it of too because I know the players. I believe all players are going to be wearing a stitch for number six, and then I believe the Celtics are going to do something more. Obviously, but yeah. So, um, quickly on that note, how do you feel about afterwards? The Miami Heat are saying they're going to retire number six for LeBron James. Isn't that dumb? Eh, yeah, not not the best. But like, I, I don't know. Re- retire Dwayne Wade, right? I get it. Guy you drafted, he was also part of those. He won you a championship, you know, with with Shaq and others. But like, yeah. he he was a star on the team. And then you got LeBron. Like, yes, those are still championships. But like, are you putting LeBron's number in the rafters? Like. Yeah, if he stayed know. there the rest of his career, maybe. No, Dwayne Wade is one thing, but I mean it's similar to like Kevin Garnett, kind of. It's close, but like Garnett was here for five years. He's such a like bleed greener, like you know what I mean. Whereas LeBron's Only basically just like a mercenary. He was in Miami, then he went back to Cleveland. Now yeah. he's in L.A. Like that's true. Yeah. Are the Lakers going to retire his number? We don't know yet. I mean, the Cavs certainly will, but like. I don't know. Weird. I think that that's yeah, weird. Strange. Especially in the wake, like right in the immediate aftermath of the league wants to do something for Bill Russell and every team, as rightfully as they should, retire number six if you haven't already and, and do it in honor of Bill Russell. And it's like, now we're going to rush and retire it for LeBron too, who's still active? Like, Yeah, he's what? still playing in the league. That's the weird thing. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. So, uh, anyway, uh, we have plenty of other thoughts on plenty of other things. If you want to uh, hop into the comment section of any of the live streams with your thoughts or comments or questions. You can. Uh, and to transition here, we're going to go right to Hot and Not.
It's time for hot. Hot. You want to talk about hot? Hot. Please stop doing that. Doing what? Continue. Go ahead. And not. God, is he a moron. Oh my god, he doesn't shut up. It's so stupid. Stupid decisions. Dum-dums. The naughtiest knot of the year. Oof. Suck fest. Suck sauce. On the 360 Sports Show. All right, Christian. Hot and not ups, downs, goods, bads, pluses, minuses. Lead it off. Uh, what was good for you in the last week? Well, it was preseason football back, so I just went two Patriots that, uh, I mean, I don't know how many people actually watched this preseason game, but uh, I just went two Patriots that I thought played pretty well. It was a bunch of, you know, younger, younger guys, no first teamers pretty much uh, with the exception of a few, so... Uh, Trey Nixon, Sam Roberts, one offense, one defense, wide receiver, and D-tackle. Both had a good games. Uh, I think there's some pretty decent competition, actually, for the for the Patriots. There's a, they have a lot of young wide receivers that appear they can play, so uh, it's going to be interesting. A couple undrafted guys as well that uh, that played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I watched. Uh, I guess it's not a knot. It's a gripe somewhere in the middle. Uh, the game was not on, at least here in Rhode Island, regular television. You had to go find it uh, on Patriots.com and cast it to your television. I don't know why NFL Network feels the need to, like, black out home preseason games. What? Really going to drive people to the game in the summer. Like, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. Uh, so, But I was able to watch. I watched, watched the whole thing. Uh, we'll talk more about grading this preseason performance and other preseason performances uh in some more extended nfl talk um i had as a hot uh rookie from the detroit lions aiden hutchinson i don't know if you got to anybody got to watch hard knocks yet uh some people kind of wait for a few episodes to get in and then they, they they will binge it uh to catch up um but uh let me pull this up here so that uh all can see and listen, this was part of a, I'm not going to call, it's not rookie hazing, but like a lot of teams do these like team building things now and they, they get the rookies to all do something. Sometimes it's impersonations, other things. This time it was karaoke. And so just give a listen. This is uh, Aiden Hutchinson uh, doing a little Michael Jackson. Just great. I mean, I one. Think you missed, I think you missed the not uh, the 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 hot in this clip, though. Oh, the guy the taking guy, his the, shirt off and chucking it, and and the the no look catch from the guy in the yellow. 
That's the real hot. That, that is that is the real hot. I mean, what? So many things. He's like kind of beatboxing. He's laying down his own beat there. He's doing one man band, one man show. Aiden Hutchinson. That was awesome. What's great too is that it got everybody else. Like they all jumped in with him and were all fired up. Uh, so that is, I mean, sometimes, you know, a lot of those things, you see somebody get up there and, like, absolutely bomb, and it's one of those, like, oh, my God, I can't watch. I can't watch. This. Oh, yeah, no. Cross that was it. awesome. That was fantastic. That is, like, what you hope for whenever, you you know, a coach proposes, oh, we're going to do this, you know, as, like, a team-building exercise. Like, that's, like, oh, on fire. I mean, Aced I definitely it. haven't watched this through and through, but the Lions have been entertaining from what I have seen. So, yeah, that's what they want, so. Uh, so that that is hot. Uh, in the comment section, uh, Nick says, "Hot for me is Edwin Diaz's closer entrance." Ooh, let's see. I will. I will we'll pull that up after we uh, after we get through the the knots uh, in, in, as we transition. But I will. I'll, I'll find that while you talk, Christian. Uh, give me what is not for you from the past week. Well, again, I went football. Just just staying in uh, in form here since we're getting into the preseason now, going towards the the, the regular season. But uh, yeah, I just went the Patriots whole number one unit not playing in this preseason game I, to me that's a bad sign maybe maybe i'm over overstating it you know guys like zach wilson got hurt and maybe they just don't they're hiding something i don't know but they didn't play mac jones they didn't play any of their 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 number one unit guys and to me that's a bad sign because it shows they're not ready so i uh i did not like that uh we'll see if they how much they play in two and three but uh yeah i just I don't know that that whole unit not playing uh, just not it's kind of a red flag for me. Yeah, I, I don't They need the reps. <laughs> the offense needs live so reps. So do the coaches. Like, and so do the coaches. Yeah. Uh I I don't I understand. I understood maybe not playing Mac Jones. If you've been worried about the offensive line and you're worried about like first game live action We've seen what's happened in some other places before. Like maybe game one is you don't want Mac to get put out there and like, you know, get injured on the first play of preseason because somebody whiffs on a block and in this new scheme and they and there there goes your season. I can understand not playing Mac. Get these linemen out there. Like they need to work together. Like play callers. Uh maybe not divide it up like with half the game one way and half like Whoever the guy's going to be, give them all the reps. Um, it's going to be different this week. You have the joint practices, and then you'll have a game. Um, Which nobody sees. So Hopefully we see the ones. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll agree with I'm you. Waiting it's, for the, I'm waiting for the preseason to go away totally. Well, because I don't know how to judge anything. I said this to you off the air before we started. It's like I come out of that game saying, like, I don't know if I learned. All I learned was that we don't know who the play caller is. That's all we've learned, and we didn't know that before. But now, like we know that, like we really know we don't know. Yeah. Um. And maybe they don't know who the play caller is. Yep. Um. Which is again alarming to me. Um. I won't know if somebody's a good play caller or a bad play caller until we see the number one team out there against like another number one team, and also with real stakes because the Patriots in the preseason are not going to be like really game planning it up. You know, all you'd want to do is go make sure, like, hey, the is the operation sound? Are we lining up correctly? Are we is the communication fluid? Are are we not having? Are we making our appropriate reads? I, I can't judge any of that off of last week. I don't know if I'll be able to judge it 
if if we're doing if they divide if they don't have a lot of number one reps if they split up everybody again and they if we have two play callers I joke this is what happens when Nick Haley is calling plays on Friday uh, for Mac Jones and we'll really be all in you know confused land um, I don't know I don't know I don't know how much more we're gonna learn uh, in the preseason I'm with you um, you know we won't be able to judge any of this. Uh, Colin in the comment section, guys, come on. They're going through a process. We'll see. Are, are we Fire supposed Bill. to trust the process here? Is that what we've come to in Patriots land? It's <clears> not <throat> just in Bill we trust. It's trust the process. Yikes. Um, for my not, uh, I had a couple. I don't need to show one. It was just kind of funny. Deshaun Watson, who obviously is like going to be forever on the not list, we're expecting a full season suspension to be coming down the pipe for him shortly here from the NFL because uh, they are not satisfied and they have the legal grounds to really make whatever decision they want. Article 46 and all that jazz. Um, but he did play in the preseason and his first throw was a hysterical airmail, which was, which was great. So that was a, that was, that was a not for him, but I guess really a hot for everybody else watching. Um, uh, Soldier field was an absolute disaster. Um, I'm going to share, I guess share this. Da, da, da. Here we go. Look at that. That that is before the game. Oh, can I blow this up? Let me see. Here we go. That is before the game. <laughs> the, I don't know what they were doing. What do you say, Christian? Are they farming out on Soldier like Field? They did, like they just like put a plow out there and just tried to like you know take down a whole thing of baling wheat or something. Uh, so the field totally hey. ripped to shreds uh, before the game even starts. Weird. Um. And so uh, this is from JC, at J.C. Treader Verified. Uh, the NFL said that this field met minimum testing standards. We clearly need to reevaluate what is an acceptable service for players to compete on. We need new testing metrics looking at the performance and safety of every field. The NFL can and should do better. Yeah. I mean, talk about, like, uh, an injury waiting to happen. If, if I was showing up for this game and I was ready to play my ones, I'd be like... Never mind. <laughs> like, yeah. what is that? I want to know what was happening on that field beforehand. Like you said, it, it it looks like they either practiced on it, or you know, they had you know like a concert out there, or maybe they were farming. They had like a horse convention out out on the field, or just like there was just a bunch of kids with metal cleats on scuffing up the field. I don't know. Yeah, they they let like a JV football game happen in there the night before, and didn't do anything. So obviously, this is the argument for like synthetic surfaces. I love the grass. Grass is actually safer, but not when the field looks like that. So well, it shouldn't look like that. So. It should not look like that. Um, we do have, and we can sh- we can we can share this. We do have. I, I don't know. Have you already seen this, Christian? The Edwin Diaz. Uh, I'd almost forgotten I have about seen this. It again. I have seen it. This this is great. This is great. I'll hide this again. And we'll maximize this. So for we we will tweet out all this on our uh, on the three six at three sixty sports show for those of you who are our podcast listeners and want to go check some of this stuff out for themselves. We'll tweet out the hot and not stuff. But this is uh, Edwin Diaz, uh, his new entrance song. I love it. Oh yeah, no. It's, it's 
and they got the, they got the the mascots yeah. playing around with like the trumpets. I mean, the trumpets get everybody fired up. I think it's just so cool too because it's like you know, in like a, a playoff game or something. Oh yeah. You know, you, you you're wondering like, okay, who are they gonna go to here in like the the seventh inning? It's like a big spot, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, they're bringing them out. Like it would, I don't know. Oh yeah, no, it, that 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 entrance is prime for big moments in the playoffs. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Yeah. Is it also a problem that an entrance song is the most exciting part of a baseball? Well, not only that, but leading up to what should be the final is inning when Diaz comes in, that's the best part. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of sad, <laughs> but uh, this is where we are. Uh, so, uh, those give are entrance, give me an entrance and one inning, I'm good to go. Yes. Uh, so, those are our, our hots and knots uh, overall from the past week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more here about the the Pats the Pats preseason. The decision not to play starters. Um, all I'll say is it's over with, and I don't know. You know what I saw out there looked good. I liked what I saw from Zappy, and at least what they were trying to do offensively. It's tough to judge if stuff is successful or not when it's second and fourth stringers. Way too hard to sell, yeah. But it didn't look awful. I'll say that it's not like it looked like miserable and inept, which is what I've seen some Patriots preseasons look like, even when the second and third stringers get in there. Um, but this week is critical. Like I want, I want to see the ones, and I want to see the ones for a while. And if we don't, then I really don't know like what we're doing here. How are these guys going to get ready for the season? I mean, you, you said it. I don't know. I mean, it's just they have two coordinators. Supposedly, they have. Uh, a bunch of guys that are doing horribly in practice. Uh, too many wide receivers are going to have to get rid of someone there. It just seems like a cluster that's going on down there right now. And I'll tell you what, if they come out like 0-5 or something and they just look horrible, I'm starting the fire bill train. Because it's just like, you hire these two bums that have been here before that have never coached offense, and this was the plan for a second-year quarterback who's supposed to have an upward trajectory. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's what the Patriots are doing right now, and we'll be honest, we're honest here on the 360 Sports Show. They're doing what we make fun of other teams for doing all yeah. the time about not promoting from within, about changing your offensive systems from year to year. I mean, how long can Bill play these games when you don't have Tom Brady, right? And then they're playing games titles and who's really doing what and trying to be too school for cool how long will it last right you know winning I mean, winning will will make all this sort of like i don't call it animosity from fans and the media i, I think it's more frustration and confusion because like we we do people do trust bill but you want to see a plan you want to see like a sense of direction and without that it's kind of like what are we doing here uh, and if it starts out bad, like you said, like start shoveling the coal into the into the fire bill train, that thing's going to gain a lot of steam. It's also like he's lost some trust here in the last couple of years. The Cam Newton thing didn't make sense. Last year, they were looking pretty pretty good, and then it, they faltered again, couldn't stop Josh Allen in the playoffs. 
So here you go again. I mean, it's been two seasons now, under 500, a little bit over, make the playoffs. You're supposed to keep going up. It's not you take two steps forward, one step back here and go, you know, what's what's inappropriate? Five and 13, five I, and 12, whatever. I think if they go 500, Bill's safe. I think if they if 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 they have like a five win season, I could I could I could totally see Kraft um, pulling the plug, es- especially if it's the reasoning is like and and they'll do their they'll do their homework in, internally. If the reasoning is like players are saying like this coaching staff's a mess, he's letting his kids do everything. I mean like they're great kids, but like and great people, but like they're not experienced enough coaches. Like, there's guys that had been here that, like, we would love to keep here, but they're going to leave Gerard Mayo, right? That could be a guy that, like, would be a great next head coach. But, like, is 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 he going to be able to get past the nepotism thing? Like, is Bill just grooming his own kids to take over for him? Which, if they're qualified and they're good enough, sure. But, like, do we feel that yet? No. I certainly don't think so. Um, you know, there, there's been guys who... What you know, the games they play with titles and pay and all this other stuff, you know, you you maybe could have kept around here and could be grooming his heir parents. I mean, they paid Josh McDaniels a lot of money these last few years to keep him around, and he finally said, "I'm going to Las Vegas." I just you know? wonder what at what point does he lose the player? So because if you start one and five again, there's these two coaches that have no idea what they're doing on offense. Mac Jones is supposed to be you know on the up, and he's going backwards. It's just. At what point do you lose the room and lose all trust in in, in your team? Oh, they start one and five. There's no. They start zero oh and four. Christian, I don't think they pull out of it like they did last year. No shot. I don't. I don't think so. Not with their schedule. It's gonna look ugly. It's gonna. It's gonna go real bad if they start out one and five or something. Yeah. Oh and four, whatever. Yep, absolutely. And here's what I worry about that. Why? Aside from a rooting interest in this season, I said this before. If they start 0-4 and it goes sideways and then say you do fire Bill or Bill's told, listen, you need to bring in legitimate people to be coordinators in here. Like we can't – no more of your friends, no more of your kids. Like we need to like build something sustainable and act like, you know, make it work. Then what are you doing again to Mac Jones? If if, whatever happens, like if it's bad at all or just not good enough and there's another like – Three coordinators in three years. Now, like what are we doing? And so that's that's what I really, really worry about. And like I said, this is the stuff we make fun of bad teams for all the time. The Patriots right now are like just sitting on the fence and like the first few games have to go a certain way for that path to like gain some momentum upward. Or it it could the circumstances could just make it go completely the other way. And in the NFL, when it goes the other way, you don't go like from Thirteen and three to ten and six to nine and seven to eight and you know to whatever whatever you know obviously seventeen game schedule now it goes like you went thirteen and three then you go ten and six now you're three and thirteen three and fourteen like it yeah it drops fast because like you said there's not enough of these oh patriot way guys left anymore who have been here who have really won who could maybe grind through it and find a way um. What's the mental toughness of the group going to be if it starts poorly again? Um, one of those guys, like I just said, Patriot Way guys, who's not going to be here anymore, James White announced his retirement last week. 
Um, who was a really, really good uh, Patriot Way guy. Exactly. In- integral to the success of this second part of the dynasty. Um, obviously, his performance in Super Bowl 51 is just legendary uh, and, and all-time. I-, I think the guy had zero career fumbles. I believe that he had a great career. It was only eight years, but that in the that's NFL is pretty good. What for the for a running back too? Yeah. Even a pass catching back. You know, the it's average career well. is like two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, not surprised at the retirement. I mean, everybody kind of thought the injury when it happened last year. This could be a career ender. Uh, he came back, gave it a try. Don't know whether it's uh, you know, is he actually done or did he look and say? This year's going to suck. Do I really want to play out a year? Yeah, didn't Ivan Fears retire and it's someone else now? Yeah, yep. Ivan Fears is no longer there, too. So, uh, yeah, he looked, He probably looked one look at Joe Judge and said, retirement. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have done. No, he probably ha- didn't do that. But, I mean, he he's probably just beat up. They have plenty of running backs, so it's not a huge deal for in terms of you know running back standpoint. But he's a great guy in the room. He's also perfect guy for like a safety net brady used him like that all the time so not having that guy is going to be uh going to be a bit of a of a rocky one uh i i would have loved him for mac jones last year you know and coming into this year so we'll see yeah um what's crazy to think about too and and we'll find out as the season goes on the like genealogy of that third down back for the Patriots is crazy. Kevin Falk. Then you had like Danny Woodhead take over that spot for a few years. There was some overlap there with Falk's last two years because um, yeah. Falk got hurt. And then it's like, oh, who's going to replace Kevin Falk? Well, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead is going to be a free agent. Oh, who's going to replace? Got Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen takes that spot. Oh, my God, who's going to take Shane Vereen's spot? Yeah, Deion Lewis for a year. Then James White. Now who's going to be that guy? Um, I think we all thought it might have been might have been JJ Taylor. People thought not him. Um, last year, I mean, Stevenson kind of took over that role. Brandon Bolden became the third down back, but like that's like placeholding. Uh, who will become the legitimate third down back who really fills that role uh, as effective as those names we just rattled off did? I don't know yet. And who do they need that same type of guy? What's this offense going to look like? Yeah, I, they're changing the offense. So. I, I I don't know. Um, but just another guy, another cog in that Patriot machine that is no longer there. That will no longer just keep a level, you know, the room level. The nuts and bolts are coming out of the wheels in the uh, of the car here, and Bill is that structure that's hanging on. We'll see. And um, also, yeah, that's coming apart too, but we'll see. The engine is smoking in Foxborough. <laughs> uh, Colin in the comment section says, Kraft wanted Mayo as future head coach. Uh, and then he also says, Pierre Strong Jr. as the third down back. You see that, yeah. For sure. Uh, you so. have some good running backs. Unfortunately, they don't have much blocking for said running backs. So, uh, yeah. I will say, now, th- th- what do you think about the whole, you know, kind of to continue the, the preseason versus regular season talk? You know, People are emboldened by Zach Wilson getting hurt in the yeah. Jets' first preseason game, which is uh, so the Jets. What did I say? That 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 little you know celebration last week with AJ in their final like green white scrimmage. This is probably going to be the highlight of your year. 
And in your first preseason game, your number one quarterback who had a rocky season last year before getting hurt is now hurt for he's four weeks. He's got a weeks. break, though. He's not a full year, but still not great. Does that does that give any credence to this? Oh, don't play important players in the preseason. I mean, maybe a little bit. I, I, I could see it. Like, they have the joint practices now that a lot of guys like. So I could see it, but also... Yeah, I mean it's really tough because guys get injured all the time. I don't, I don't know if it makes a difference preseason regular season. Would you rather it happen in the regular season? I, I, I think you'd rather happen not at all, right? So you can't really avoid these things. Maybe two joint practices, one preseason game, two preseason games. I don't know how they they kind of go about it, but it definitely gives credence to guys not wanting to play as much in the in the preseason i mean we saw here julian edelman tore his acl i think or something one year so those things uh, can happen especially in the nfl i mean it's just yeah there's no magical protection now for game two <laughs> like uh it, it was it's gonna They're happen with the uh with the snow cones on their head i don't know what what the heck they're called but the uh the linebackers are wearing those new helmet attachments to for safety but like your knees, your your ankles, your Achilles, that stuff is going to be, I mean, that's just exposed, especially with this turf. We were just mentioning the grass. This, this turf nowadays is just, it's so bad. What are, what are you talking about, snow cone attachment? What the heck head? are they called? Uh, linebackers are wearing something on their, hel- on their helmets. Are you talking about like the padded, like the padding yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah. the on the out, like that goes over like the shell on the outside yeah, of the like helmet? A, yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks like a. Uh, looks like a rugby helmet. Looks like a, a tinfoil hat. Yeah. A tinfoil hat. Now I don't know. Yeah, the, 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 the padding. I mean, it looks like it looks like the one of those things that you put on like a pullout couch. <laughs> what? One of the one of the egg things, and you put it on top of the helmet. Oh, okay. <laughs> thing you put on a pullout couch. Hold on. Yeah, the I'll, padding. I'll blow up this. I'll, blow, I'll share this. this. This is what you're talking about, right? D, 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 D. This, right? Like that? That yes. pad? Okay, that's what we're talking about. I forget. Yeah, there is a name for those. But they're not going to wear those in games. They're just using these in practice. I didn't know. If, I don't think they're using these in games. I doubt it, but... Maybe in the future. That's a, I mean, I'm I mean hey, that. I mean, there's been people saying that for a long time. Like, the, the padding and helmets should be on the outside um or, or both to help you know relieve bottom line it is never it's not good i think we all understand now it is not good for your health and well-being uh, no matter how much padding no matter how big the helmet is to bash your head repeatedly against anything a wall a car another person like what, it's what just, are you doing in your spare time <laughs> Bashing into cars and stuff. I run against traffic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Live on the edge. Uh, no, like we all. Your steering wheel. You stop short. Bang. You have a seatbelt for a reason. You don't want to whack in airbags. You don't want to oh, yeah. whack your head. What I'm you, saying. My my only point is like you can maybe protect your head more with like these new technology, right? But your knees and stuff. I just don't know what you can do for stuff like that in preseason, regular season. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, there's 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 absolutely nothing you the can wear do. And if your if your ligament is gonna go, a ligament is gonna go, right? And a guy if he gets hurt like being tackled, like that's just the game. Uh, you can't avoid that. You know, you can't protect people for forever uh, from injury. They tackle out of it. 
Ugh, well, yeah. Who knows, Christian? We may get there uh, eventually. We may get there eventually. Um, so, uh, da 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 da. Last thing uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, actually, we did have an email. Uh, this is from Pete and Gansett uh, talking about the Patriots. And I think his predictions, all it says is, face it, Tom, Gronk, and Randy ain't walking through the door. He's not wrong. Uh, that, you know, Take that as you will in terms of uh, how he feels this season is going to go uh, and what the fans should expect. I mean, Tom might not... Tom might not be walking through the doors in Tampa Bay. We don't know yet. So, what do you think about that? We kind of touched on this last week, and now there's like even more rumor and speculation. Um, do do you think like Giselle really th- like? Because now like you've heard some stuff from like some players that like it's this personal situation. I don't know. Are they just saying that because also the tabloid magazines are all about it? Also, like if like if do they have to like kind of make this story up because if he just like decided to walk out on training camp and take two weeks off and take a trip to Italy, like, the league would, like, take umbrage with that. Like, they want, like, you have an obligation to be here and be working. Or does that on the team? Like, if the team doesn't care, the league doesn't care. Yeah. I don't know. So then if there really is, if if the team doesn't care, I don't know. I guess maybe there is something to this then. If enough people are saying, like, we're praying for Tom, like, I don't know. Is Giselle actually giving him some sort of and ultimatum here? Oh, uh, no. I mean, well, it's been what, what going on like... that Fox contract? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's going to be on the road anyway. <laughs> it's, it's not getting any... You want him to retire and immediately be traveling every weekend? He'll be home less. He will be home less. Giselle's not going to be... She cannot be thrilled right now. I don't know. I don't know. Let's 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 check. We, sh- we should have a, a soundbite for this. We'll check what Twitter... Has to say, of all places, and we're just going to look up Giselle. (laughs) What a source. (laughs) Let's just see what Twitter has to say when I look for Giselle. And it doesn't look like there is much right now. No new news. All the same old news. All the same old news. Yeah, nothing. I don't see anything. Yeah. They're either somewhere remote, like Costa Rica, or uh, Tom Brady is in, like, his Tampa, like, second house out of the out of the main house. Who knows? Yeah, Devin White said this. He's a human. At the end of the day, he's got personal problems going on. We're praying for whatever he's got going on as a human being. We hope everybody else does, too. Yeah, it's, that makes it sound like... Something's going on. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, though, it's like... I mean, the guy retired once, kind of. <laughs> he retired, went home, and was like... Remember that eh. time he said, I want to spend more time with my family, and then after like three weeks, it was like, yeah, I'm coming back to football. <laughs> yeah. And that's... You're so, you're so right, though, about the Fox thing. It's like, it's not... He ain't going to be home anymore. Right now, at least he'll go to practice and then, like, come home. They'll have games. Half of them will be at home. Half of them will be on the road. But 80% of the nights in the year, he will be, like, coming back home. He signed a 10-year. When you're on the national crew for a uh. for broadcasting, you're not home. 
You're in you know Tampa best- one week. You get there on Wednesday. You're there for practices. You're there for prep. The game happens on Sunday. Sunday night, you hit the plane. You fly to the next city. She wants him home more often than not. So he signed a 10-year deal. With <laughs> that, that doesn't bode well. Oh, goodness grief. So, anyway. Last thing. Uh, another retirement. This time announcing this is going to be the final year for Serena Williams. Obviously, another all-time great. Um, changed the game of women's tennis and brought it to new heights. I mean, again, I mean, she's had over a 20-something year career. Uh, 23 singles, women's grand slams, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, the longevity. Um, now, she had some strong words uh, in her retirement. Uh, she wrote a little essay. It was very, very blunt uh, in it. Uh, and these are just some snippets. Uh, believe me, I never wanted to have to choose between tennis in a family, if I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. Yeah. She's not wrong. 100%. And, you know, what does... How will this affect the sports world on the women's side? Because this, is, this has been an ongoing issue about the inequity of of this that you know in this case she's a female athlete who has to choose between having a family and having her career basically um whereas that expectation is not placed upon men obviously because men can't bear children i, I you know, right i mean there's, ob- there's that's the the obvious sure. thing um but is it fair that that's basically what it comes down to for female athletes if you choose to have kids and take time off and look it's like you get left in the dust. Yeah, I mean, I understand what she's saying for sure. I, I don't think it should be that way. I mean, if you look at women's tennis or even tennis as a whole, Serena Williams literally changed the game, and she's an all-time great. Uh, but I do think, like, if you think about tennis as a sport, people wouldn't go to Serena Williams. Like, they'd probably go Sampras, Federer, those guys all first, just naturally. Uh, cause that's unfortunately the way it works in terms of what people will say on Twitter and whatever, everybody has an opinion. But, uh, if you look at Serena Williams career as a whole, she stands toe to toe with those guys. So she should be in the conversation, whether she, I mean, obviously she had a tough decision. She should, uh, she could have won more or she could have started a family and she chose the family. And, uh, it's obviously not an easy spot, but at the end of the day, in my eyes, she's still one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest women's tennis player. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, she's... I mean, obviously, she's probably leaving gas in the tank here to walk away. Um, but what she already had accomplished um, is is incredible. Um, I guess the thing is, I mean, she's luckily, luckily in a position where she has been the best player in the world on the female side and has made so much money and and is probably comfortable. Um, I guess maybe she's speaking to, I mean, she also said this, uh, you know, basically her, uh, this was the title of the article. Serena Williams blunt retirement essay is a warning sign to all women. You'll never have it all. I mean, this is Serena Williams. Who's at the absolute pinnacle 
True. and is talking about how you know listen this is this is unfair and this is going to be tough and these are the choices I have to make everyone on down below that has got it even actually has it worse because you know how how does yeah. somebody who's trying to even get to her level get there if they're in their late teens early 20s and that's when most people are you know in your 20s you know late 20s early 30s thinking about starting a family and stuff like that and you're not as good as Serena Williams how do you pursue just being good enough to be a pro if it's really not economically viable it's it's a problem you know oh yeah so i don't know we don't have answers here it's just oh yeah no i mean the discussion just needs to keep happening yeah topic is good and it needs to happen but in terms of answers i don't know i don't have any good ideas and that's just not for this that's for anything <laughs> so you said it before i could christian i don't think anybody wants to hear what i have to say <laughs> that's not true we have loyal listeners uh, am I the only one who is so sick of Tom Brady? Guy is such a tool. He's getting unbearable for me. That's Nick in the comment section. See, I think this is, is – is that you as a football fan or is that you as a New England Patriots fan? Yeah. You know, th- this is yeah. – and, and and this is what I think Tom – If he was on your team winning Super Bowls, you wouldn't care. Th- this, is, this is what Tom, I think, has to figure out and, and will figure out uh, about – more about Boston is that like the lo- the further away we get from the glory days, and especially while he's still playing, this is what's going to happen. However, I also do totally agree. The he he is a little. I mean, he was insufferable with some of his stuff in his last like four or five years with the Patriots. Now the TB twelve stuff, and then all you know concussion water and all all these other newsflash news though. Tom Brady was always kind of a weirdo. He oh. was just winning games. Yes. yes. So therein lies the difference. He's not on your team winning games anymore. Yes, exactly. Um, He's always a bit of a kook, I think. <laughs> a kook? Um, I don't know. It would seem the rest of the NFL world, though, is still enamored with him. Because anything the guy does, everybody wants to like. And stop the tabloids. He's a great and, story. And pay attention. He really is, but... uh, he definitely is a tool. I'm not going to take that away from him. No. Uh Lots of stories today. This is from MSN. NFL reacts to Giselle's message for Tom Brady. What is this? This was new. What message? Are we are we starting like a soap uh, soap podcast now? Well, I'm just like I see all, all it's all clickbait. Ma- you know, drive to New York, go to a magazine stand if you want to do that. <laughs> go to a magazine. Do they have magazine stands? Did we get rid of those? Did they did they bring back magazine stands after COVID lockdowns? Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh I goodness. guarantee you one of them says, uh, Brady Giselle divorce question mark. <laughs> Guaranteed. At least one. Uh little on the rocks again. On the on rocks the in the bay. Yeah. Something like that. Rocky waters ahead for Tampa Bay quarterback. I don't know. We could we could we could go on. But uh, that is gonna do it for the show this week. Uh, thank you for everybody. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and uh, watched this live. We are live Mondays or Tuesdays. Starting at seven thirty, check out and follow our social media platforms to get those updates and subscribe to check out the live version of the show on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. 
And you can also take us to go as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just subscribe through Sounder FM if you like. Uh, and if you're one of our podcast listeners and want to get on the fun, you as well as others who have already done so can email us the 360 sports show at gmail.com. You can do that throughout the week and we will get to your emails during the next show. So without further ado, Christian, uh, I believe that is everything. So we can sign on off. So have a good night, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. See you later.